It is such an honor to be here with you all this morning, and I would like to personally congratulate Pastor D.Z. Cofield on 27 years of service. Lord, we come to you today with thanksgiving in our hearts. Lord, we come to worship and to praise your name. And Lord, we know that you have us in your hands. So on today, we just thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. 
I know the odds look stacked against you And there seems there's no way out I know the issue seems unchangeable And that there's no reason to Shout, but the impossible is God's chance to work a miracle, a miracle. So just know it ain't on until God says it's so. It ain't on until God says it's done. No, 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 no. It ain't on until God says it's over. Keep fighting until your victory is won. It's gonna be easy, but you're a winner. But you're a winner. Jesus defeated all your enemies. Way before the fight began. For the fight began. But the impossible. God's opportunity to show up, work a miracle, a miracle, so just know, it ain't on, until God says it's over, it ain't on, until God says it's done. You bet. 
Hello to our Good Hope family and friends. I'm Tori Cofield, and we've come together today to celebrate the 27th anniversary of Pastor D.Z. Cofield, your pastor and my husband. My goodness, how time flies, 27 years. So let's keep moving. I'd like to introduce two young people from our Tuts ministry who have been a part of Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church since they were born. Mr. Kyle Anthony Mosley and Ms. Jessica Renee Whitaker. Take it away, Kyle. Loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Wow! A vision inspired by Dr. D.Z. Cofield. He is physically towering in real life and towers in the work for the body of Christ and Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. For as long as I can remember, I spent a lot of time here at this church as a little kid and found myself calling Pastor Cofield Uncle Pastor because it felt like family to me. And I am so thankful for, for him guiding me throughout the years. Pastor Cofield began serving Good Hope Missionary Church as its sixth pastor in 1994 and continues to lead Good Hope into the 21st century, even seamlessly during a global pandemic. Dr. D.Z. Cofield became the sixth pastor of Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church when he was elected by the members of the church on March 28, 1994. Even though he stands on the shoulders of the five outstanding pastors who preceded him, his visionary leadership and heart for the people has transformed Good Hope into a leader in the faith-based community locally, nationally, and internationally. In 1995, he became the founder and CEO of the nonprofit organization Hope for Families Incorporated. Under Pastor Cofield's leadership, a major building fund campaign was launched in 2001 to create the Center for Hope. The three older buildings that had been converted from homes to church use were leveled, and the groundbreaking for the Community Life Center was held on March 24, 2002. The three-story, 66,000-square-foot state-of-the-art facility, the Center for Hope, opened in September 2005. The Barbara Jordan Child Development Center was another of Pastor Cofield's visions, which was created in 2005. This preschool has transformed the lives of thousands of children in the greater Third Ward community and throughout the city of Houston. In 2008, major renovations of the church sanctuary were completed and in 2009, the church experienced exponential growth when two of Dr. Cofield's visions became a reality. The first vision to become a reality was the purchase of more than five acres of land known as the Promised Land. A strong advocate for education, Pastor Cofield's other vision came to pass as he successfully spearheaded the creation of Hope Academy. This high school housed in the center of Hope opened in 2009 and enrolled students with economic, academic, and behavioral challenges. Hope Academy soon became the symbol of hope for students in Houston, and many of its graduates were the first in their families to graduate from high school. Pastor Cofield created the Hope Educational District as he welcomed the transition of yet another world-class school. In 2011, the Texas Education Agency awarded a state charter for the operation of the Global Learning Village, 
a K-12 state charter school. Pastor Cofield's passion and love for the community led to the development of the Community Development Health Fair, where Good Hope was able to provide food for those in need as well as essential health care testing, prostate testing, breast cancer awareness, HIV testing, glucose testing, and blood pressure checks are just a few of the life-saving tests that have been provided for the community. Hope for Families has also partnered with the Houston Food Bank, and Good Hope is the home of the Hope for Families Food Bank. Every Wednesday, those with food insecurities have a place to receive food in a dignified and respectful manner. Pastor Cofield, in conjunction with FEMA, created the Disaster Relief Center, where thousands of people have been assisted through small business association loans, job opportunities, and more. Pastor Cofield has also created the Faith Action Network, uniting churches across the nation in coming together in times of catastrophic events to support those affected. Under his leadership, Pastor Cofield has made sure Good Hope has been a beacon of light for people who have been adversely affected by hurricanes and tropical storms. In like manner, Pastor Cofield has been at the forefront of the global pandemic by partnering with local, state, and federal agencies in order to provide COVID-19 testing as well as COVID vaccines. Pastor Cofield is also the founder of Hope to Africa, an organization whose mission is to raise educational awareness and proceeds to benefit families across the world, especially in Africa, who have been adversely affected by HIV and AIDS. Under Dr. Cofield's missions ministry, we're currently supporting the development of a church and school in Ghana and Uganda. Another of Pastor D.Z. Cofield's visions was the creation of Word of Hope Ministries, a preaching and teaching television ministry designed to inform, equip, and inspire people to fulfill their greatest God-given potential. This television ministry was the springboard for yet another innovation. Always a visionary, Pastor Cofield led Good Hope into the digital age long before the onset of the global pandemic. His passion and foresight for reaching the masses via television paved the way for dissolving the digital divide with the vision of becoming a smartphone church. Pastor Cofield's vision has become a reality with a technological foundation that includes live streaming, online giving, and services and sermon notes that are available through a convenient app. It was upon this foundation that Pastor Cofield's vision of I Hope Church was born. I Hope Church allows Good Hope to offer worship on demand as we continue our mission to love God, love all people, and change the world. Not only will Good Hope build its ministerial capabilities through I Hope Church, but through Pastor Cofield's leadership and vision, we have begun to expand our church's impact globally. Pastor Cofield still believes the best days of the church are ahead of us. It is a blessing to be led by this outstanding man of God as he facilitates the goal of the church to take hope to the world.
Okay, did I catch all that? Let's put a quarter in the meter and recap. Pastor Cofield literally changed the trajectory of Good Hope. He sure did. He had the vision to continue church land ownership and building expansion and even a global footprint through international missions. He created Hope for Africa, Hope for Families, and Hope for Families Food Bank, which has served thousands of families since its inception, even through the COVID pandemic. Absolutely. The Center for Hope has served many people, including Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Ike, and Hurricane Harvey victims, as well as served as an educational home for multi-level schools, church activities, and community outreach events. The Center for Hope served as the flagship for the season of Hope Academy Global Learning Village, A.W. Brown Leadership Academy, and our Courage Barbara Jordan International Preschool which has been in existence for the last 26 years. Pastor Cofield's love for the community extends through the numerous community outreach programs that has literally saved lives through needed health, screening, and testing, has hosted the Disaster Relief Center, the U.S. Census Bureau, COVID-19 testing, COVID-19 vaccines, prostate and mammogram testing, glucose testing, just to name a few. And I'm so honored because Pastor Cofield named Good Hope's prostate testing in memory of my grandfather, Deacon Raymond Whitley Jr. His visions for our church have always been ahead of their time. And with the creation of I Hope Church in conjunction with social media and live streaming, Good Hope is poised to take hope to the world for decades to come. There are so many ministries that have empowered individuals locally, nationally, and internationally. We are so grateful for his guidance vision and willingness to challenge conventional thinking. And we are extremely proud to call him our pastor. Pastor D.Z. Cofield, one of my favorite preachers in the English speaking world. God bless you, man, and happy anniversary. I watched your ministry over at the Good Hope Church and your rise as a preacher and pastor across this nation has been nothing short of meteoric. Thank you for being an example. Thank you for being a bright light among the preachers in this city. And I hope you have many, many more years in the Lord's service at the Good Hope Church. God bless you and happy anniversary. Dr. D.Z. Cofield, man, what a joy it is to wish you a very, very happy 27th pastoral anniversary. It seems like it was just yesterday when I was there sharing with you in celebration of 25 years and pandemic tried to rob us of the celebration of the 26th year. But I'm so excited to join with the Good Hope family and celebrate you as you thank God for 27 stellar years of leadership as the pastor of the Good Hope Church. Thank God for the history and the legacy of that church. And I thank God that you're making that history and legacy so much better through your pastoral leadership. On behalf of your sister congregation right down the street, on Wheeler and Scott, we say to you, my brother, happy pastoral anniversary. Keep on doing what you're doing. You are making a difference. You are being a blessing. And our God is well pleased. To God be the glory for 27 years. Happy anniversary. This is the day the Lord has made. We rejoice and we are glad in it. Let me congratulate you, Pastor D.Z. Cofield, 
and the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church on the 27th pastoral anniversary. In 1994, when you made your arrival, DZ, to Houston, you brought a great, bright light and a breath of fresh air. It was during the same time when Bill Clinton was the president of the United States of America. The Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl against the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Rockets won the NBA championship against the New York Knicks. And then Schindler's List won the Academy Award for the best picture. And then Boys the Men was hot on the scene with their number one R&B hit, I'll Make Love to You. I thought about some of the significant moments that took place in 1994. In the midst of celebrations and defeats, God put you in this place. Thank you for hearing his call. Good hope. Thank you for extending the call. And both of you in this wedding together have made such a difference in our community in Houston. God bless you. Congratulations, DC. Pastor D.Z. Cofield, 27 years, man, a long time. And I'm standing today at uh, the place where you provide hope, where you provide authenticity, where you give to this world, this city, this state, your congregants, what is needed to make it to the next day. 2020 and 2021 have been trying years for both you and I and for everybody who's watching. But the truth of the matter is, I'm grateful for you. I know this is church's time to show you appreciation. But as your best friend, man, I want to say thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true, man. Your pal and a confidant. And here's the thing. Our friendship goes beyond this pulpit. Our friendship goes to the point where you have always been there for me in most difficult and dark moments and I likewise for you and that's a blessing and it's uh, peculiar because during these times we don't see many people that we can meet and they are the same I'm grateful to God for you I love you my sister Tori and I pray God's best for you on 27 and I pray that God keeps you another 27 keep going man you got a lot of help to give people and a lot of hope to give the world. God bless you. I love you, man. Take care. Thank you, Kyle and Jessica. You did an amazing job as usual. I am so thankful that our pastor's 27 years of faithful service has been a gift, not only to us, but to people throughout our city and around the world. God has definitely done a great work in him. I'd also like to thank Reverend Cosby, Reverend West, Reverend Anderson, and Reverend Grant Malone for honoring Pastor Cofield with those words of encouragement. Wow, it is awesome to reflect on what you have accomplished in 27 years. We thank God for you, Pastor Cofield, and we appreciate your devotion, your heart for people, your dedication, your love, your teachings, and your visionary leadership. I can't wait to see what the future holds as you continue to lead us as we take hope to the world. Love to the pastor. Our guest preacher for today is Bishop Keith W. Reed Sr. 
a native of Philadelphia, and mentor and friend of Pastor D.Z. Cofield. Bishop Reed has over 37 years of ministry experience and serves as prelate of the Progressive Holistic Ministry of Churches, which is headquartered in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is also the senior pastor of the Sharon Baptist Church of Philadelphia and founder of Sharon Bible Fellowship in Lanham, Maryland. A profound motto, passion for God and compassion for people, underscores Bishop Reed's mission to win souls to Christ and develop them as leaders. It is in this spirit that we welcome Bishop Reed to minister to us this morning as we celebrate our pastor's 27 years as senior pastor of Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Please join me in welcoming Bishop Reed to Good Hope on this very special day. I want to share a word with you. But before we do, let's have a word of prayer together. It's in the Gospel of John chapter 1. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this privilege, this honor, and this opportunity to be able to share with my brother your unsearchable riches. I pray that it would be a word of challenge, a word of comfort, a word of encouragement. For Lord, we all do need a word. After 27 years of serving you faithfully in one place, sometimes the felicitudes of life can wear on us, can um, cause us some hesitation and reservation. But now we ask that you would give him a word of exhortation. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. So here it is. Um, some years ago, um, in the 90s, when the um, Chicago Bulls were reigning champions, where with the help of their leader, Michael Jordan, who um, got them six championship rings, and to date, no other team has done so. Um, L.A. got close. I think they got four or five, but none have gotten six. And one of the slogans that came out of that experience was Nike came up with a slogan that and all the kids would be around and they would say, I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Mike. Why? Because of what Mike was known for because of what Mike did, because of his prowess on the knowledge of basketball, his moves, his ability, his athletic ability in how he played the game of basketball. He set it on another trajectory. And yet their slogan was, I want to be like Mike. Well, I'm just here to say to my brother, I'm so glad that he is not our example. He is not our model. He is not something that we would aspire to be. We have other biblical characters, and one of those characters is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, where it begins, the author of John, um, the Apostle John, writes about the prophet and the priests and the Nazarite of Israel during that time, John the Baptist. He says in John chapter 1, 
And this light shined in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or apprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. It's interesting that John's gospel, he opens up with a contrast, but also he begins to share with us a compliment. As you know, um, just as a reminder, um, John writes because of a doctrine that began to spread in his day and affect believers and affect the church. It was the doctrine of Gnosticism. And one aspect of that doctrine of Gnosticism said that anything that was material was evil. And John begins to attack this doctrine both in the gospel as well as in his epistle of 1 John. He addresses it without naming it. He literally confronts it without calling it out of what it was. He begins to give a contrast, and the contrast that he gives in John chapter 1 is a contrast between Jesus Christ and between John the Baptist. But also in this contrast, he also gives a compliment, a compliment about John the Baptist, the man, his mission. And John starts out by explaining the contrast of Jesus being the Son of God and John being a man of God. He tells us that Jesus is God in the flesh or God housed in humanity. But when it comes to John, he is humanity where God uses humanity for his glory and for his honor. So this contrast that John brings about, which I think is awesome and it is profound because he begins to explain the God-man and the man of God. He begins to explain the difference between divinity housed in humanity versus humanity being used by divinity. And so in John's gospel, he does so by saying that, first of all, you need to know that there's nobody like Jesus Christ. And even though he came in the flesh, it was not an evil act of God. He was not an evil person. And his humanity was legitimate. It was real. And it was authentic. He says, in the beginning, talking about whenever the beginning began, whenever it was, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. Whenever the beginning began, the word was there whenever it began. In eternity past, and the word was with God, and the word 
was God. I was told, Greek scholars say that at this point, it talks about Jesus Christ and his relationship to his father, that he was not a created being, he is the creator of equal authority, equal power, just different function, for he was in the beginning with God, they say in the Greek, it's prostantheon, he was face to face with God. He was there when God was there before anything material was there. Jesus Christ was there. He was not a created being. He is the being that did some creating. All things were made by him, John says, and nothing that was made was not made. It wasn't made. If there was made, it wasn't made not without Christ. He was the conduit of creation even in the book of Genesis. He was co-equal with God and they co-operated together and created these, this place called the world. So they say that he is the God-man for verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ was the perfect presentation, ocular demonstration, pictorial illustration of what God looked like in the flesh. The Hebrew writer said he's the express image of the father. For no man hath seen God, and if anybody saw him, they would not live. But God, via his Son, took on flesh so that he could become and go through the human phases and stages that you and I go through and have gone, gone and, and going to go through. He's acquainted with every one of our sorrows. He shares every one of our griefs because he has experienced everything that we, has, we have experienced, but yet he is without sin. So here it is, Christ, the God-man. He is the literal presentation, ocular presentation, pictorial illustration of God in flesh. So much so when he was getting ready to leave, John says later in chapter 14, he was going back to his father, meeting with his disciples, doing the last supper, and then one of them asked them, show us the father that we might be satisfied. And he responded, have I not been with you so long that you've not known that if you've seen me, you've seen my father. So it is, my sisters and my brothers and Dr. Cofield, here it is that John says this is the way that the God-man was. This is how the God-man became, as the theologians call it, the hypostatic union, 100% God, 100% man. And then he shifts from divinity housed in humanity to divinity or humanity being used by divinity. No, Jesus is in a class by himself, but then he says there was a man. 
The first thing that I say to you is I don't want to be like Mike. And I know Dr. Cofield didn't want to be like Mike. If we want to be like somebody, we want to be like Christ, but on the human level, we would probably all, being pastors and preachers, we want to be like John. The reason why he would want to be like John or the reason why we may want to be like John is because, first of all, he tells us that he was human. There was a man. John represents to us that are in ministry reminding us of our humanity in spite of the hand of divinity that may be used and he may use us to pull off that which is impossible because only with him all things are possible and because of availability divinity creates not only capability but also gives us responsibility but we are human. We're human. Let us not forget that we're human because when we forget that we are human, Dr. Cofield, we'll begin to brush up against and teeter and totter with the thought of maybe we're a little more than human. We may be possibly close to divinity that makes us somewhat divine. Oh, God forbid. But if that does and if it does tempt us remember that John was used by divinity in his humanity but he understood that he was human please keep that in mind that we are human and if we keep in mind that we are human, we will be like John because secondly, it reminds us like him that he was also humble. Because when you read the life of John and you continue to read the gospel of John, that John says that he was not the light, but he came to bear witness of the light. Uh, later on, John the Baptist said himself, I am not he, but it's one that's greater than me. So much greater that I am not worthy to unlatch or even tie the strings on his sandals. If it was in our day, he would say, I'm not worthy to tie the strings of his shoes. He was humble. He understood who he was, what he was, and whose he was. All the years that I've known your pastor, I've come to the conclusion that there's one thing he, he is convinced about, and that is he is not so holy that he does not recognize his humanity. He is not so great that he understands that he has some things that he grapples with. He understands that he is human and you need to thank God for having someone around you or who serves you in that capacity because there are others like us who think that we are more than what we are. We suffer from spiritual intoxication about ourselves. Uh, 
We're delusional about who it is we think we are because we're being used by divinity. But we always need to be reminded it's about our humanity. God did not choose him. God did not use him because he was better than. He chose him and he used him because God is sovereign and he knew what was in him before he did what he did. He we want to be like John because he is, because of him being a human. We want to be like John because I've seen for years that he has been humble. Last but not least, I'm quite sure we want to be like John because he was a hurler. The Bible says that he did not come to be the light. He came to bear witness of the light. My sisters and my brothers, the illustration of astrology is a phenomenal thing and the study of stars is a phenomenal thing and the moon and the planets and one of the things that we've come to discover many years ago is that the sun or the moon is nothing more than a big useless non-firing non-energy piece of rock but the sun, the S-U-N, uses the moon to reflect its light off of it. So whenever you see the moon shining at night, it only shines because of the light of the sun. It reflects the light of the sun. Oh, I think you know where I'm going. And I'm just simply saying this, that that's what he's been doing for 27 years. He has been like the moon. No, he's not the light, but he gets his light from the light so that he can reflect the light that comes from the light so that those that are in darkness may come to the light and excuse me when they come to the light their lives get changed because he's the conduit of sharing the light which in the light and about the light is nothing but life and Christ himself has come that humanity might have life and might have it more abundantly. That's why he shares because he's a hurler. He understands his responsibility. He comes to give testimony to the light. Not that he becomes the light, but he's a reflection of the light. And if everyone would believe in the light, they would have the light and the life that he has to offer you so I'm going to say to my friend before my time runs out please keep reflecting the light please keep pointing people to Christ please keep directing Jesus other people to Jesus please keep doing what you have been doing since you've been here and before you got here I've known you to be a DJ Brother DZ, and that is a director to Jesus. 
pointing people to the only Savior, the life, the light, the resurrection, the way, the truth, the door, the good shepherd, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, Daniel's rock hewed out of the mountain. Keep pointing people to Jesus, Jeremiah's palm and Gilead. I'm telling you, keep pointing people to Jesus. Keep reflecting him as the light because that's all we have to depend on. That's all we have to rely on. And like the hymnologist says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Please, keep doing what you've been doing, man. Recognize your humanity, even though you've been used by divinity. And he's provided the capability for you to pull off his plan. Remember, when we recognize our humanity, it does something for our humility so that we will not think that we are more than what we are. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans, when you get transformed thinking in your mind, it gives you a proper perspective of yourself. Where he says we ought not think more highly of ourselves, but to think soberly. Because God has given to each of us a measure of, a faith, a portion, an allotment. And I've seen through the years, Good Hope, how that your pastor understands his portion. How he recognizes his level of faith that God has given him. He's not intoxicated with himself, neither has he been intoxicated with himself. And if he has, I don't know anything about that. I've never seen that in the years that I've known him. Here it is. He recognizes. And I want you to know, keep celebrating, my brother, because you are God's hurler. Boy, are you a gifted hurler. You're here to testify, not to be an attorney to plead the case of whether or not or sway the jury or persuade people of which way you want them to believe. No, a testifier or one that gives testimony is one that just tells what they know. And I know you know him. And I say to you, what you know about him, let that be known to others. Because they need to hear from you, my brother who's a hurler, who has humility because you understand your humanity. I love you, man. Pray that you keep going, growing, and glowing for the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because we don't want to be like Mike. We want to be like John because John was close to Jesus. God bless you, man. Love you. Be encouraged, brother. Thank you, Bishop Reed, for ministering to us this morning. You have honored us with your presence, and we have been blessed by your message. Remember, Good Hope family, God is doing something wonderful in my life, and he's doing something wonderful for you. Have a blessed day.
Now I want you to encourage your brother or sister that may be near you. Tell them God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, tell them. Oh, yeah. Glory, God is doing something wonderful, incredible, and awesome. 